Today on the show, we have a special guest as FDN's MLB Dream joins the podcast to talk about everything on the diamond. It's a great show. Let's get to it. It's time to go deep left. As there's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos, it will be a home run. And so that'll make it a 4-0 ballgame. Hello, everyone, and welcome on in to Deep Left, an unabated baseball podcast. I'm Thomas Viola, and joining me, as always, Jason Weingarten, Spreadopedia himself. And today, for the first time here on Deep Left, we have with us a very special guest coming to us from the FTN Network, MLB Dream. Dream, how are you doing today? Thank you so much for being here. Pretty good, man. Thanks for uh, having me on. Excited to talk bases with the two of you. I'm looking forward to it as well. This is going to be a great show, but before we get into it here, just want to remind everybody to, of course, head on over to unabated.com. If you're not already signed up for a membership, get yourself a free trial, get yourself in on the action, check out all the awesome tools we have for you from the unabated MLB prop simulator (coughs) tools to our first five inning derivative calculator now with the unabated line. And of course, our state-of-the-art odd screen and more. It's a fantastic tool to help you get as much value out of this baseball season. And we are adding more and more every day. So check it out yourself and head on into our Discord as well in the link in the description below. But for now, let's get in into it here. Jason, we have a lot of questions to get to, but I want to start off asking you both about a team that has been red hot so far this season, the Cincinnati Reds. Are they for real? What are you thinking about this team now? Dream, I know that uh, Chris Meany, one of your colleagues over there, was plugging a couple weeks ago Reds to make the playoffs at 20 to 1. That price is long gone. How are you feeling about our boys in Cincinnati? Yeah, we've seen a bunch of people. I think what to win the division was like 35 to 1 or something like that. I've seen some crazy numbers go up. Jason, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, you're on one of those. Not to rain on everybody's parade, but I don't see it happening. Um, I know both central divisions are really weak, but I just don't think they have the pitching. And now with, with Hunter Green going on the IL, I really don't know how many starts he'll miss. But honestly, I just don't think that they have the bullpen or the starting rotation to, to kind of keep keep this run going. What they do have working for them, obviously, is the weak central, um, you know, against the Brewers and, and the Cardinals. But I still think that, like, this is the Brewers division to win. Even though we haven't seen any offense from them, I don't think they've really, they haven't played well at all this year. And yet they're still above 500 and, you know, right there, half a game behind the Reds. I kind of see the Reds coming back to earth here uh, shortly. Jason, how about you? I know we've talked about Ellie De La Cruz plenty, but speaking of coming back to earth, a little bit of a slump lately. Yeah, uh, to be expected when you just get called up, but they've been playing pretty well. I think they're like 11 and two since he's been in the lineup. So, um, they just keep putting them out at, at cleanup hitter, expect them to, to play better. But, uh, yeah, I kind of, kind of agree with dream here. The, uh, the reds are probably going to falter sooner than later, but it's, it's pretty fun to watch. Like they're, they're playing pretty, pretty fun baseball right now. I've, I've watched the, the last couple of their games. Um, you know, it was pretty cool yesterday. Joey Votto coming back was a little dicey there at the end, you know, um, ninth inning guys on base. That's never fun. Um, especially when you're betting on them, but, uh, yeah, I don't know that division. You're, you're right about the Brewers. The Brewers haven't played well and they're still the best team in the division. I'm pretty anti Brewers. I bet them, I bet them to miss the playoffs. So I'm kind of hoping anybody, but the Brewers wins the division. You're, you're not wrong, but I'm, 
I'm personally rooting for anybody but the Brewers in, in the Central. Yeah, that's one of the few futures I have. I think I got them at, at plus 150. And again, I was rooting the opposite of what you were last time. I was hoping the Rockies would tie it up because I had uh, Reds over five and a half to- team total runs at plus 105. So I needed the Rockies just to tie that game up and get me extra innings. But yeah, looking at the uh, third order standings, it seems it shows that they the Reds have been pretty lucky about six more wins than they uh, probably should have here. So uh, I'm glad we agree there. But I mean, this also reminds third- me. Do you have third order? What does it say about the Marlins being lucky? Um, the Marlins have been pretty lucky as well. Last I checked, um, by extremely lucky or pretty lucky, six and a half wins, six point four wins. Yeah, that's a lot. And for those that don't know, by the way, uh, third order wins. Think of it a lot like you would think of expected points or adjusted wins in football. It's basically another metric for tracking underlying success. Isn't that right, Dream? Yep, that's exactly it, man. Now, how about uh, how about something that we love to talk about here on this show, and that is the futures markets, especially in the player awards area. Where have you been going on the Cy Young races so far this season? Because we have we have some interesting stuff going on, and Jason and I have certainly covered it a lot. But is there anyone that's jumped out to you? I mean, honestly, I I don't have any bets in this market. It's not one that I pay that close attention to but there's one guy that i i haven't checked what he's at lately but i i've been waiting for like zach eflin's number to to kind of drop i know that he was a, a fairly big long shot for, for most of the year and i get it this is like otani's award to win especially after i think one of their beat reporters came out about a week ago and said that he's not going to get traded and he's going to finish the year with the angels which is you know probably something that i was most concerned about in this market um and then i guess the other guy that everyone's talking about is Avaldi. I mean, I don't know what Otani's at now, but I don't think I would bet Evaldi. I know that his price was it was at a good number for a couple of weeks, um, but I just don't think that he's he just hasn't ever stayed healthy. So I don't really expect that to kind of be the case again this year. And, you know, with that information, Otani, I'm pretty sure it's just his award to lose. The the Otani stat that everybody has seen at this point, but it's still so <laughs> mind blowing. The only category he's not leading the Angels in is saves. This is just an absolute joke of a season from him. It, it, he's not even slowing down at all. I mean, it's really just going to come down to if the voters just want to keep giving him every award every year. And I mean, we already saw last year that they kind of didn't want to do that. So I don't know. This is not a, a market that I'm I'm that confident in. And embedding myself. Now, how about another? Uh, how about another market shifting over from the Cy Young to the MVP race? Because we have something pretty special happening right now with Corbin Carroll. This, this man has just been absolutely absurd here in his rookie season. Is it possible that we see someone win not only Rookie of the Year but also MVP? I mean, if, if the D-backs keep this up, then definitely. I don't think Arizona is going to keep it up. I, I have a hard time seeing um, anyone other than Acuna not getting it. I mean, he's, I assume, I mean, I know I don't, I haven't checked his line in a while, but it's pretty safe to say that the MVP is his, as long as he stays healthy. I mean, even as great as his numbers have been, he's been also kind of unlucky. He has a, I think he leads the league in barreled outs as well. So like, his numbers are absurd. He's probably going to, he has a chance to be at 40, 40 this year. I assume that he'll get the MVP and like the results could be even better than they are currently. Jason, I know you uh, took some shots on Corbin Carroll recently. Yeah. Um, he's, he's kind of jumped, jumped seriously into the race. Um, 
as of this week, he's now second lowest odds, lower than Freeman and Betts, which I was not necessarily expecting. If you're just looking at like last 30 day numbers, Carroll is just absolutely on fire, like 10 home runs, um, eight stolen bases compares to like Acuna. I think he's at like four home runs, 12 stolen bases or something over the last 30 days. Uh, Carroll's beating him in average OPS slugging basically across the board last 30 days, but it's a long season and Acuna is doing some pretty crazy things, you know, uh, 30, 60 is not out of the question. 30, 70 is not out of the question with home runs and stolen bases. So um, if he hits those numbers, if he replicates his current numbers over the second half of the season, I doubt anybody's going to catch him. But it is just sort of interesting to think about, well, if it's not Acuna, who is it? Is it Corbin Carroll? Maybe. Uh, Luis Arias? Uh, it's not, not nearly as sexy because he doesn't hit for power. You know, he has like one home run or two home runs this year or something. Uh, barely hits extra base hits, but he also rarely strikes out. And he's got the whole 400 thing going for him. I mean, is it conceivable that that he, he hits 400, you know, the, the entire season and, and he's not the MVP? You know, like, are, are, are you going to you gonna not vote for Arias and, and vote him second at, with a 400 average? I, I have a hard time. You know, that's obviously getting getting way ahead of ourselves here because there's still so much time left and you know it, it really only takes one bad day to drop them under 400 again but it, it is interesting to think about uh acuna is not not immune to slumps and there's still enough time left for him to to have a bad month we've certainly seen it before goldschmidt ended the season poorly last year uh you know more th- there's more than enough time for somebody else to to jump in the race but but as of now you know, agree with Dream Acuna. It's his award to lose. Absolutely. I mean, do you expect? I don't think any of us really expect the Diamondbacks to win the NL West. Um, but with as many crappy teams as there are, it's safe to say that it's likely they get one of those last last playoff spots, one of those last wild card spots. Oh, it's definitely a possibility. I mean, I think that's that's one of the things with the the balanced schedule this year has been pretty cool. Um, seeing some some other other teams that are kind of in in contention for playoff spots that weren't expected you know you mentioned the reds and everyone's excited about the reds but you know the giants have have been on fire they might be the best team in baseball you know the last the last couple weeks um you know the the whole al east situation is is pretty weird like the the red Sox are in last place but they're still like what like two games out of the wild card or something um, That's been my uh, favorite question to ask people is, will the team in last place in the AL East have a better record than the central division champ in the American league? Yeah, that would actually be a fun prop. I wish someone would put something like that up. I almost hit our buddy uh, Lindman up over at, at Wayne to try to get him to post that line for us. But it's yeah. The Red Sox got two games on the twins right now. So that's, that is, that is a pretty, pretty interesting uh, sort of situation to to consider. I I like the balance schedule so far. It's fun to not you know watch the the Angels and the A's play twelve times in the first half of the season. What do you, what do you think? I was actually really enjoying it until about a week ago that I noticed that something where I usually uh, do pretty well as far as my bets go is, and we're seeing it right now with the uh, Pirates and Cubs is these quick turnaround having to face the same t- team like twice 
um, in consecutive starts, I think it's a fairly big advantage to the hitter and to the lineup. Um, having the same thing in the uh, Boston and Yankee series. So I did bet some of those like under props, uh, under outs for uh, Clark Schmidt, the under K's as well for, I think it was Domingo Herman. So I, I do think that like, it gives me, like there are bigger edges when teams are stuck facing each other and you're seeing the same picture that you saw four or five days ago. Um, so honestly, that's the only negative um, that I've really been able to come up with. And as an Orioles fan, it's nice not to have to play Tampa like 18 or 19 times and just constantly get beat up by them um, every season. So I'm really enjoying it. Just playing every team. I mean, it's fun. Yeah. I wasn't super excited about more interleague play, but much to your point seeing the same teams like if you if you watch certain teams in particular you know like i watch dodgers like not having to see the diamondbacks as many times is is great like i i there is something for variety and i i think they they've done a decent job this year the the pitch clock and everything has been a major improvement they're they're really cut down on the the monotony and the 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 games going too long i i been a fan of the the changes actually no for sure the only thing i i wish is that maybe we just implemented these changes one by one to, to kind of give us a better idea of really what what the big changes are because i mean it, it's really hard especially early on we saw all these um the increase in pitcher injuries in terms of elbow and shoulder injuries and i think it was joe sheehan talking about how like the, the dodgers and rays both their bullpens are struggling and he thinks that it might be kind of related to the pitch clock um, they've had like a bunch of slow workers and they're developing these guys pretty much in a lab to get them throw, you know, pitches that we've never seen move like this before. And he's wondering if, you know, the pitch clock might actually be, be hurting them because I mean, I think they have a couple of the worst DRAs in baseball as far as bullpens go. And I think they're Dodgers are second, second worst behind Oakland right now. So, yeah, I mean, their FIP isn't insane. much better. It, it's insane. Like I, I would have never, never would have guessed this. I'm fine with it. You know, I'm, I, I I think it it's it's problem for the Dodgers and the Rays. It's not a problem for everybody in baseball. It's a, it's good for baseball. You know, uh, if 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 the playoffs started today, sort of talk. I, I don't think the Dodgers are the Dodgers even in the playoffs as of as of this moment today. I don't think so. I don't think the oh, Astros are either. I, yeah, I checked last night. If the Astros are in, or are they no longer in? Astros are a game out. It'd be Angels, Angels and Orioles and Yankees are the wild card. I guess Dodgers are actually the third wild card. So, um, you know, that's, but no, still nobody, nobody, I don't think anybody expected these, uh, you know, these perennial powerhouses to be struggling for wild card spots. And again, it's still early, you know, not even at the all-star break, but it is nice to see, you know, even, even if it's costing me money with stuff like the Marlins, it's nice to see other teams doing things for once and for what it's worth with the yankees dodgers and astros i as of the writing of the question they all had the same record i think that might have changed slightly but they're all right no, still, do. still do still the same record who do you think needs to panic the most and who's in the best position right now man that's that, that, that's tough um Honestly, I, I like looking at the third order. I think the Yankees will will be okay. Um, their pitching is just so great. They're getting Rodon back. I mean, if they get anything from him, I think they're still in in pretty good position. I'm still expecting the Orioles to to, to regress there. So I think the Yankees will be okay in the AL East. Um, and I know that the Astros have the Rangers to deal with as well, but I'm not that worried about them. Even though they're they're pretty much a 500 team when Framber or Javier isn't on the mound. 
But the fact that the Dodgers have lost 80% of their starting rotation is on the injured list. We just talked about their bullpen. The thing about that has been the strength for the Dodgers for the last few years is they're just incredible depth. We know all the players that they lost in the offseason. I mean, we look at their pitching staff from their starting rotation to the bullpen. Like, I know they have some good prospects, some great prospects. Some of them haven't performed in small sample sizes that well yet. But I am starting to get pretty worried about like they don't really do they have that many reinforcements to call back up. Like I feel like we're getting close to pretty much being like this is their group. And I'm pretty worried about the Dodgers, just the staff in general. Jason, how about you? Dodgers worry me a little bit. You know, uh, there's only so much you could do. And when your pitching just just keeps falling off and uh, only so many contingency plans you can you can really go through. Uh, they have a couple more guys left at, at double a that they could contribute, but you know, just, just saying that like, well, we're digging into double a depth to, to find major league innings in June in June is right. not, yeah, in June, it's not, <laughs> not the spot you want to be in, uh, especially not when you got, you know, the giants winning eight in a row or eight and two in their last 10, uh, diamondbacks playing, uh, you know, not even 500 ball, 600 ball. They're they're playing pretty well. I think the the Diamondbacks have the second best record in the National League right now. Uh, fourth best record in all of baseball. I want to say it's it's pretty pretty impressive, all things considered. I I hate to to say it, but but like Corbin Carroll's just been such a difference maker, and obviously it's not just him. It's a whole team effort, and they've they've built a pretty pretty good team there, but. Uh, you know, there's there's a lot of stuff going on in baseball this year, and it's it's cool, you know, to see big teams like the Dodgers, the Padres, the Yankees not dominating everything this late in the season. Um, you know, I, I find it much more enjoyable than uh, seeing the powerhouses consistently win and profitable. The, the other thing that makes it a little bit tough is like, like yeah, it's a hard time for us to figure out who's potentially going to make the playoffs, which also means like who the hell is going to be selling. Like who's going to be ready to sell a month from now, right? Like you look at the AL Central, it's like all those teams, except for the Royals, could potentially make a case that they're still kind of in it. I mean, even they're the White Sox. They're not, but like what? They're only the White Sox are nine games back or five and a half games back. And they're Doesn't eight games sound under like 500. The White Sox are having a very enjoyable season. It, it if you had to if you asked me like what team was likely to sell and retool and and get rid of veterans, I'd I'd probably pick the White Sox. Uh yeah, that's sort of the the stuff I've been picking up in different articles that I'm reading is there's a lot of veterans on that team that would welcome a a change of scenery at this point. So five and a half games out doesn't seem like a lot, but uh, you know that that's a 31 and 43 team, you know, in in reality. I mean, yeah, they should really should be sending you know Giolito somewhere, Lance Lynn definitely after that that 16 strikeout game. Um, yeah, I mean, they, they obviously, sh- I mean, I agree that they, they, they should sell. It's just, and the other thing I've been thinking about is like, was I too hard on Tony LaRusso? Was he doing a better job than I guess we all gave him, <laughs> gave him credit for? Probably. I mean, probably managers, I tend to think managers don't make a huge difference one way or the other. Um, yeah, so I don't think this is necessarily a downgrade. I think this is just the team that you have in, in Chicago right now, and it's, proven not to be a very good one for for a while now and that's that's just the way it is 
Now, how about a how about a team you talked about them a little bit here earlier, but the San Francisco Giants all all of a sudden, and they've done this before. They get hot, and everybody says they're going to cool off, and then they don't cool off. Can they do it again? I mean, really, they've fixed Manea. Um, I know he's not starting, but he's been you know coming in after the opener, and he and he's pitching really well. I think it was Joe Joe Sheehan said this. Um, well, it's because you know they tried to sign the superstar in the offseason. They did their best. They were throwing a bunch of money around. Nobody really wanted it. Uh, he was saying that they have the best roster, like five through twenty six or whatever it is. They just lack that like star power at the top. But I think their lineup construct is a lot like the Rays, right? They just they might you might not know every name in that lineup. But they do a good job platooning and, and putting guys in position to succeed. And their pitching is great, man. If they keep sticking that lineup together like they have been, I mean, I think the NL, like as tough as the AL East is to, to figure out, I think the 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 NL West is just as tough with those top four teams. Jason, what do you think? Yeah, Farhan Zaidi is is quite the the manager. He he takes fantasy baseball and turns it into real life with with roster management and transactions and constantly reshuffling and trying to get the the best talent on the fringes and I respect it. I respect it as a fantasy baseball player and I admire it, you know, from the outside watching it, you know, it's when you play fantasy baseball competitively and you see someone applying, you know, fantasy baseball stuff, advanced fantasy baseball stuff to a real baseball team. It's enjoyable to watch, even if it is the giants, Um, they play pretty, pretty good baseball across the board. And, um, you know, they're, they're just doing that thing. Like you said, they all of a sudden you look up and they're eight and two in their last 10 and they swept the Dodgers and not only swept them, just kicked the shit out of them at home. Um, it was pretty impressive. So yeah, now they're second, they're, they're in second place in the NL West and it's, it's a repeat seems like, uh, was it two years ago when the, the giants won the division in, in the NL yeah. NL West was two years ago. The, the Dodgers seem, you know, before the season, it seemed like, you know, once again, they were, they were probably the, the best team in, in the division and the Padres are, are the second best team with their free agent signings and putting together a super team. And here we are and the Padres are eight and a half games back and the Dodgers are four and a half games back and everyone's trailing the, the Giants and then the Diamondbacks. So um, balanced schedule, you know, congratulations. It's, been a good year and if if it means that the best teams aren't going to run away every year then i'm i'm all for the the changes in baseball i i also do think from a non-gambling from a pure logic and sense perspective it is the height of absurdity to play over 160 games and not play every team in a league that makes zero sense to me coming at it from a just pure what are you talking about standpoint here but Dream, you mentioned you're an Orioles fan, correct? Yeah. What do you think of Gunnar Henderson? He's a guy that we've talked about a little bit on this program before the season. Uh, scratch over the weekend from the Orioles lineup, but certainly not performance-based. I didn't see anything about why he was. That might have changed, but uh, back what have you thought about tonight, Henderson, man. especially his breakout summer so far? Yeah, he's back in the lineup tonight. Uh, it was a stomach bug, so nothing too serious. I've been trying to find out how serious it is throughout the clubhouse, but I can't really find out. I assume he was much. just hot over. Well, I, I don't know. Roger's reporting today that a decent amount of people, in, like the 
stomach bug is going through the clubhouse. So whatever that means. But I mean, people are starting to, you know, get a little get a little impatient with him, think that he needed to be sent down. And if you looked at like like the results weren't there, but his approach and his contact was pretty similar to last year. And now he's just getting better results. Um it's honestly so much fun uh just to watch him and Adley at a nightly on a nightly basis at the top of the order and have like legitimate superstars or potential superstars um on your favorite team so i i mean i know that i he, his numbers kind of fell for a little bit but i assume is he back up as one of the uh rookie of the year favorites or at least in the top two he's like third behind uh young and tanaka which he's back to like his preseason number like four to one five to one still still got a way to go with with young kind of being ahead of everybody else and tanaka being being up there too uh, that that first like six week slump might hurt him too much, but but he's there. You know he's certainly more in the picture than than like you know Estri Ramirez or even Hunter Brown at this point. I'd, I'd put him like a solid third. Yeah, and we he, Hyde has moved him up in the lineup. Young scares me. Yoshida doesn't really. I mean, I know he's great, but I feel like that's not exactly the type of guy that usually will win rookie of the year like he's not that flashy he's just like a great professional hitter but i, I feel like young is, is probably gunner's biggest competition yeah, especially if the, the young, rangers keep young up this is, pace is, is the guy like he's he's clearly the guy to beat right now especially as long as the uh the rangers continue to be in first place he's he's gonna be the guy to beat it, it really surprised me at the beginning of the season because you, you looked at the surprise success that the orioles had last year and then you thought maybe management was going to come out and say, okay, we're going to go after some players. We're going to bolster the roster and we're going to start competing now. And then they go and say, no, it's not quite time yet, but here they are doing it again. What what have you made of the team in general? And do you think that maybe they'll open up the pocketbook next year or are they already getting there? So wait, you're not impressed with the uh, Kyle Gibson signing, man? Come on, they gave him like what, ten million a year? I, I like Gibson. I think he's he's you know pretty much will give you like a quality start every time he goes out there. I think for about three years now, I've always thought that their window to actually win it all is is twenty twenty five. I do think that Elias was intending to spend a little bit of money in this past offseason. I think he wanted someone like Chris Bassett because he had he made a couple comments. Um, I think it was after the winter about how like he was just surprised at how much these guys were going for. Right. And then they're obviously not superstars, someone that you want to slot in at two or three. Um, and I think they just got priced out. It's what makes it really tough for them is it was we were expecting John Means to come back right on the all-star break. He had a back thing flare up, which you know, put everything, pushed his timetable back a month. I think their path to success is they're just so stacked in the minor leagues in terms of hitting prospects, um, just everything up the middle. They have a bunch of infield, like legit infield hitting prospects. I think they need to package a couple of those guys together. And if they can go out and get like a Corbin Burns, um, I think that's kind of their path. And again, I don't think the Brewers are going to be likely to to probably make a move like that at this point, um, even though they probably should since there's no chance Burns works out. Like I doubt they want to pay him to begin with, but there's really no chance that he wants to come back and sign a long-term deal there. There, but I do think that they need to start packaging some of these elite prospects and getting together a, a legit like SP one or SP two, and I think that'll go like a, a really long way for them. Jason, anything to add? Yeah, the you know going out and getting a pitcher is going to help, but but any arm that's available, you know, if Corbin Burns is available, there's going to be several 
teams in on him. So you're going to have to beat a, you know, a, you're going to have to have a pretty good offer to, to even be in the race for, for any of the pitchers that are available with the lack of pitching depth this year. Uh, what interests me, I agree. The Orioles are still kind of not fully at their window. They're getting closer and closer, but uh, you got a guy like Jackson holiday. Who's, already at double a it'll it'll really come down to how aggressive they are with promoting him and you know could it be like a you know a situation where he's he's given the opportunity to make the team out of spring training next year or is he going to be up in may or june similar to ellie de la cruz but uh he's coming that's going to be a a major uh addition to to their team with henderson and and adley and you know, I think I think the reality is that the 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 O's front office, you know, they came over from Houston and uh, they took this job. The guys there took this job specifically because this was an opportunity to rebuild an organization from from the bottom up. And they had a an ownership group that bought into their ideas and are giving them the uh, the amount of time you know necessary to really build this organization up through the minors. Um, but the reality is, is that most of their success is going to come from development, not from free agency. I think the smartest teams in baseball have embraced the, the reality that, you know, uh, free agency, you can always go and find like a, a, a Freddie Freeman every now and then. But, but the reality is, is you're going to, you know, invest that money in your own system. And that's where you're going to find the talent that wins you championships. And and that's kind of what they've, they've gotten, listen, rightfully so, right? They haven't spent any money in free agency or, or on players, really, and they've gotten a ton of shit for it. But they have spent money in places the last few years where they, where they never have. And specifically, the, the international market um, is something that, like, when Dan Duquette and Buck Showalter were here, they didn't, you know, they were signing, like, guys to the minimum. They're big Rule 5 draft guys. But they spent a good amount of money. They built um, a facility in the Dominican Republic that seems to be doing pretty well. They're already getting a couple of big guys out of there. And Jason, man, you nailed it. I mean, it's all about development, right? Like, again, people gave him a really hard time last year for selling, quote, selling and trading um, Lopez, Jorge Lopez to the twins. And look what they got back. In, in that deal, right? They got back um, Kate Pavich, like a, a pretty good pitching prospect. And then they got Cano, who's been one of the best relief pitchers in, in baseball this year. They uh, changed his arm slot a little bit. So he went from striking out pretty much two guys an inning or whatever it was to having, you know, one of the best profiles in the game and with the, one of the best closers in baseball. They did the same thing with him with Felix Batista. I mean, he was a guy that was out of baseball after being cut by the Marlins. And he's absolutely he's throwing a hundred has a, a splitter that you can't hit. And he's one of the best relief pitchers in baseball. So I do think that's what gives them a leg up. You know, these other teams is their ability to develop. Well, guys, I think that is going to do it for us here on today's show. Dream. Thank you so much for coming and joining us today. Thank you so much for chatting bases. Where can people find you and the great work you're doing around the internet and at FTN? Uh, you can find me over at Twitter at MLB Dream. I do, I think, three or four articles, three articles a week, uh, just writing up plays that are on my MLB card. So definitely check those out. Awesome. Thank you so much. And of course, if you want to find Jason at Spreadopedia and check us out at Unabated Sports. And as always, head on over to unabated.com today. Get yourself signed up for a trial. You know the drill. We've got MLB first five tools. We've got MLB prop tools. We've got the MLB odd screen, everything you need, your one-stop shop. And 
You can also check out FTN Bets because I know Dream, you guys are doing plenty of stuff over there in some of the same departments. FTN, great work. Highly encouraged that you guys go and check out our friends over there as well. But for now, that is going to do it for us. I don't know if they're going to let me put this headset on again, but if they do, we will be back with you next episode. Good luck, everybody. <laughs>